This is Creepy and Geeky. Hey, all you creeps and geeks. I'm your host, Robert, and today is episode four in my Friday the 13th series of episodes. On today's episode, we'll be talking about part seven, The New Blood, and part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. And joining me on this discussion is Dev Elson. Dev is the co-host of Chucky Vision, a podcast exploring the Child's Play franchise, and also the co-host of Forever Friday, a podcast that explores the Friday the 13th series, 13 minutes at a time. Welcome to the show, Dev. Hi, it's an honor to be here. Um, I've been listening to the uh, pod getting ready for this, and it's a it's a great time. Oh, all right. Great. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I have a I have a lot of fun making it, and uh, I, ho- I hope those people who listen to me, uh, will also uh, enjoy it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm glad uh, you have enjoyed what you've listened to so far. Yeah, we're pretty. You, uh, you're pretty far into the uh, Friday franchise now. How has that been? <laughs> uh, it's it's been pretty pretty fun. Um, I've had I've had some good guests on to uh, talk about uh, all the episodes so far. Uh, so um, you know, this should uh, should be another fun episode. Uh, these movies, uh, particularly, they are the uh, post Jason lives. Um, so he's a, he's become what we kind of know about Hmm. jason at this point um you know when we look back at jason uh you know at least for myself especially being a child of the 80s uh that uh when i look back at jason i think of him as the unstoppable killing machine uh kind of character that he is uh but that didn't really start until number six so well he took six uh, films to get the jason we know (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, so, you know, but we, we, we've, we're now post six, we're into number seven, uh, we're starting with the new blood, uh, and, uh, uh, in, in this one, uh, we have the conceit of, uh, Jason versus Carrie in a way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, why, why don't you, uh, why don't you, uh, tell us a little bit, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on number seven? Uh, yeah, when you think about how long it took Jason to become Jason, it, 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 so some would argue once we've got that, it should be smooth sailing. And yet, the films from Seven onwards are really the studio realizing we have no idea where to go with this franchise, but we've got to keep going. <laughs> right. And generally from what i've seen from what i've heard of fans throughout the years part seven new blood gets kind of a bad rap but i think that's mainly because it's coming off of the really good part six and part seven is in many ways not as strong as part six it's kind of a weak version of part six but i think there's a lot to enjoy in this film yeah. Um. Upon rewatching, and it's been, it had been a little bit, uh, a couple of years uh, since I'd uh, rewatched all of these uh, previously, um. And so, and I had kind of blazed through them, uh, uh, before, 
Um, and now getting a chance to kind of sit and watch these again and 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 thinking about them, especially in terms of the other other movies in the franchise that, you know, this one, I can see where it gets its bad rep uh, from following number six, because number six was such a strong movie that it following it was going to be hard to do. Uh, but this one definitely has some fun moments. It's it's fairly tame in terms of gore um oh, yeah. like very tame um and and uh it it smacks of uh studio editing uh more than anything else um they they cut a lot of that out and and which is indicative of paramount in general throughout this series is that they really neutered it um which is always funny and i've mentioned it on other episodes it's always funny when looking back at this we think of Friday the 13th as this very gory series and it's not at all. Uh, most of the kills are very tame. Um, and a lot of the gore is, uh, off screen. Uh, so you don't really get to see a lot. Yes. It's an odd franchise with the gore because the first couple films do have really imaginative kills and they are yeah. kind of bloody. You do see blood, it, 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 but for you, uh, but for Paramount as the sequels kept going, and they really needed that money, you know, the the the, the box office. The, the, the um, MPAA were just smashing them every time. They were just like, if you want to make part seven, if you want to make part eight, then you're going to play by our rules. It's going to have no blood whatsoever. Right. And I think the biggest problem with some of these kills are the, the, the really good ones, the early ones by like Tom Savini and, you know, the other artists back then is when... If you have to cut out the, the blood and guts, then you still have most of a good kill. Like the, the sleeping bag one in this. Yeah, yes. They were smacked up against the tree uh, five or six times, and that was all cut down to just one smash. <laughs> and cutting that down is fine because you still get what the kill is. There are some kills in these later ones where people just get stabbed in the stomach, and... Yeah. Without the blood, it's such a boring kill. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, these it, yeah, that's what that's what's the interesting thing too. Like like you said, those first movies they had some interesting kills and it's like but by the time this one rolls around, they've gotten very very boring. The kills like cuz I mean, and that's that's what's frustrating even too because I know that they were trying to the 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 filmmakers were trying to do uh, uh, interesting kills and interesting um, moments for that, but because they get pushed to, you know, being off screen in the editing, that what you see is definitely nothing. It's it's just you know some of the most boring stuff. Uh, in terms of and and that's what's weird about the reputation that. Uh, Friday the 13th has as a series is I believe most people are probably imagining it more like you know one and two and 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 that's the same for me going back on this I'm I, I like I could have swore there were better kills <laughs> um you know and but and that and that's speaking to that 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 um um that the sleeping bag kill is is an interesting kill but it's so neutered until they do it again in Jason <laughs> X and, and it becomes a much better kill uh, for them. 
uh, because New Line is just like, okay, yeah, we're going to go for that, you know? So. Yeah. It's, at it's, this, it's so at bizarre. This, yeah. At this point, they should be expecting the, MP, the MPAA to yeah. stomp down on them. And so they need to design kills. And I think they did for a couple of these films. They need to design kills that even without the blood are still really good because yes. like, there's a there's a there's a really fun build up with one of these characters who gets killed where <laughs> and you you're talking about you know, the repetition and lack of imagination out of nowhere Jason comes out with like a like a it's like a hedge trimmer it's like a it's like a buzzsaw yes on a, it's a yes. stick like an elongated elongated chainsaw pulls that out of nowhere and you're thinking oh wow that's going to be a really good kill but without the blood all he does is just put it towards the person and right. then it cuts away. And so it's just a letdown if you don't yeah. plan around that. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Um, and that that's what's funny too, is like, because Paramount had no confidence in these movies at all. They kept pumping <laughs> them out because each one would do well, surprisingly, especially given the fact that there the, these kills were so, uh, tame and and everything but people kept going back for these they everybody every movie kept doing well up until you know number eight didn't do as well as they had hoped but you know this this franchise defined the 80s i mean it you know, we're ending right here with number eight the paramount series ends with number eight here and it went from 1980 to 1989, eight movies in not in, in in those ten years, and it's amazing what they did within that franchise in this time period. Um, and these two movies, seven and eight, they they do seem to be like okay, well we've got undead Jason back now, and or and we're we're just putting him into these weird scenarios now these. They're still continuing the story to a degree, but they're introducing these new elements. Like with this one, they're introducing this girl who's um, got psychic abilities, um, telekinesis, and she, well, and I guess some kind of precognition type stuff. She's seen, she's seen things. And so she, but she has this incident with her father where she kills her father by knocking the the dock down around him as he's yelling at her while she's on a boat. And, you know, there's, but it's around the same time as Jason is under the water. Um, Apparently it's right around the same time as mm. he'd been pulled, dragged under by, uh, uh, um, by Tommy Jarvis in number six. And so he's down below and, then 10 years later, we get her as a teenager and she, you know, accidentally resurrects um, Jason, thinking it's her father who's under the water this whole time. So it's it's weird. The timeline is so funky, too, because I was looking it up. And mm. by this point, we should be, you know, at least with the the way the timeline works is I think by this point, we are well into the um uh, 2000s um the early 2000s with the timeline so it's real funky um especially because you know obviously it was made in the 80s so the fashion and everything else is all very 80s 
Oh god, yeah. I adore looking up the timeline for Friday the Thirteenth because <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, every screenwriter of each subsequent film writing in, and then you know this happens to someone when they're a little girl. Cut forward ten years later, and they never consider what that means by cutting yeah. forward in time. <laughs> so you, all of these cut forwards add up, and you end up like twenty years in the future. Well, I just, that's what's funny to me about it too, is that, you know, if you were to make a movie in the early 2000s, like, okay, say um, Freddy versus Jason, that one came out in 2003. We are now 20 years later uh, in 2023. And which is crazy to think about. Um, But, you know, the fashion and, and, and technology have somewhat moved forward, but I would I would say for the most part, looking back on 2003 isn't much different than today on 2023. Things haven't changed that much in the way people look and act and and all that. So it's it's if you did something where you moved it forward within that decade, it wouldn't be so out of the ordinary. But thinking about how you know looking back on this series and seeing how they tried to basically say it was 20 years past the time of the first movie and it just doesn't quite match up because 80s fashions and and technology and everything had not moved forward enough to uh to show us that so and plus at that point like they would have said you know we would have thought our technology was much farther (laughs) along (laughs) at that point if it was really in the 2000s so we can just see that uh the glam rocker check in part eight that's just retro yes. now <laughs> that's, yeah, just, that's exactly. not off the time <laughs> and, well, it, and it's funny go ahead go ahead i i know this is you know part part nine and part ten but i do believe the timeline does end up correcting itself somehow i think part nine and even part eight are set like a year before freddy versus jason <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it's sort of it's one of those weird things where we get um, Jason goes to hell, and in real life, we don't get another movie for a decade. But in yeah. this universe, I think he only goes to hell for like three months. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that's what uh, I, I think that that because there was such a distance between uh, uh, goes to hell and uh, Freddy versus Jason, that because of that ten year gap, that the timeline has a chance to catch up to itself um, they wanted part seven to be freddy versus jason yeah way back in yeah. 1988 and that's how long yep. it took for them just to get the rights yeah um i i i, I as i watch these i you know, of course take notes and, and look at the the trivia behind these and they tried with both of these uh both of these were attempted to try to um you know before they got to script stage, of course, but um, they did try to incorporate uh, Freddie into these movies. Uh, they were trying real hard. I think just because Freddie was becoming such a huge mm. icon at the time and that, you know, Jason had, Jason was deep into his series at that point. You know, they're like, well, let's, let's try to bring him in. And uh, so they, they did try for 20 years to, to, for at least 15 years to, to pull him in. But uh, ironically, yeah. all it really took was for these two movies to perform so badly that they had to sell Jason to New York. <laughs> exactly. 
yeah instead of trying to untangle the rights or or to uh, you know um um you know, share the rights with new line they were just like all right fine we'll just sell it to you we don't care anymore you guys you guys do it <laughs> but this one the number seven getting back to number seven is an interesting <laughs> one because we are <laughs> we we have this girl um who is a psychic and really being pushed hard by her doctor to uh really tap into these psychic abilities and he keeps threatening to take her back to the hospital you know, you're gonna go back to the hospital if you don't do what i want you know it's like you know god forbid she doesn't perform these psychic abilities for you um <laughs> and I, I i always find it interesting too that when when i see him i always remember that he's bernie from weekend at bernie's yes <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, at least he gets his due, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That made me think when you said before about putting Jason in different and weird situations. This actress, God bless, Love Pink Lincoln, but Love yes. Park Lincoln, because she is acting in a different movie than the rest of the cast. <laughs> she is really going for it, and yeah. everyone else is literally just partying for the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, this it's it's funny too. I think what both of these movies feel more like 80s movies than um, you know, because by that point, 80s style and fashion and everything, it kind of solidified into this kind of big hair, kind of chunky clothing, um, you know, style that that we associate with the 80s. Um and this uh so these two feel feel very uh of that time period more than uh the the earlier ones do as well but they've they've always felt more like the 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 you know the uh the not so glamorous 80s uh and uh so i was i was kind of laugh at these two uh especially being a child of the 80s that uh you know it's just it's just such a weird time yeah there's um, a real charm to the first few how late 70s they are yes yeah, the 80s exactly. ness is very muted in the like up to five yeah definitely yeah i'd say yeah yeah definitely six six to eight there definitely are this like weird little you know late 80s trilogy of, of, of movies it's it's so funny the, the the way the movies kind of overlap in their little trilogies um <laughs> You know, or or whatever, because you know we get these first three. The first three are kind of of their own uh, storyline, but two, three, and four are um, specifically a trilogy of movies uh, that you know all happen within like a, a, a couple of days of each other, um, like all within the same week. Two, three, and four all happen, <laughs> um, and then uh, four, five, and six are the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. But then six, seven, and eight are also this weird, like late '80s uh, zombie Jason trilogy, and uh, it's it's just it's it's fun to watch these and 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 it, like like this and to uh, kind of examine them as this whole, but also these little these little different parts of each other and how they connect and cross over and everything because they did try to at least up until number six. Um, and even number seven, I think they did try to hold a a narrative consistency. They were trying to push 
the storyline forward each time they with each different writer and director that they got with all of these they each tried to do their own little thing but they were trying to hold something together um they weren't very successful at it but <laughs> well it's the very odd thing and i do i give them credit because with part six they nailed jason and yes. Really, they could have done what they did with the first few films and just have Jason going around camp just killing teenagers. They could, The next few films could have been just complete copies. And instead, yes. they were like, each film has to have something new. Each film, we have to, the writers were challenging themselves, trying to think of new concepts. Yeah. And it, they've also got a balance with what people expect, you know, like gore and partying and nudity and all that. And uh, I think Seven does a pretty decent job at introducing new elements like the whole carry thing and then still right. having the whole elements of it you know it being a friday the 13th film where teenagers get killed it is probably the only disappointment is it really is just a friday the 13th film until the third act and then yes. she starts using her powers properly yeah 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 that's that's the but once it hits that third act it becomes this interesting fun mix of of a movie uh, which they hadn't done before and so that's that that does make it a lot more fun um and then we get jason unmasked for a good portion of the movie uh, mm. and it's it's a scary jason it's that that the design work that they did on that on that face um is to me um some excellent work um uh, it's 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 creepy and and um and scary in a way that you know him with the mask uh you know doesn't accomplish uh so i i think it's a, a it's a fun look at him um uh, there that we don't really get uh in, in any of the other movies absolutely i think this i think part seven has one of the most fun finales and also yes. i think this might be the best Jason. This might be part six. Part six writing wise was the best introduction to this Jason, the Jason we all know and love. But I think design wise and even acting wise with Kane Hodder, this is the best Jason. Like the the spine and the ribs, just the way he is rotting, but still so strong. And like you said, the design of his face, it really makes him uh, distinct from Michael Myers, which is you know, always the problem with these two masked dudes just going around killing right. people. Like, what is the difference? And Michael always kind of has a real laid back, like, you don't know what's yeah. going on inside his head. But Kane Hodder really brings a lot to this oh, yeah. non-speaking character. When that mask comes off, just just from his eye, just from his one good eye, like, you just see how pissed Jason is. Jason, like, yeah. wants to kill these people badly. Yeah, Jason is like pure rage. Um, that's that seems to define his motivation. He's pissed at these kids who keep coming into his campground, and you know he he's just you know he he saw his mother killed by one of them, and is just like constantly like, no, you all have to die. Uh, you all keep coming into my area, and I'm gonna keep killing you till you all leave. And it's it's so funny too because you know we get to number eight and then you know he leaves 
uh, Crystal Lake, which is an interesting concept. Um, you know, and we're not jumping fully into it yet, but I just think it's interesting that they they finally take him out of that, and you know, because he's chasing some of these kids, you know, and it's just you know, that's his motivation. He's going to kill these kids until they're all dead, and it doesn't matter where he needs to go to get them. Um, so I I think that's a that's a you know, and as opposed to Michael, where Michael is just killing people, and like you said, he's kind of laid back. He just kind of quiet and and just kind of walks whereas like jason always seems to just be like stalking and quickly stalking um it's 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 interesting the the dichotomy between the the two stalker like characters yeah i think one of the best things Hodder really brought to him was the the brutality so even if the even if the kills weren't gory or great like the in part eight, there's a great one with a uh, Kelly Hugh. Um, yes, uh, that character. That that's not a violent, or well, it's not a gory kill, but just right. the fact that it's that one shot where he just the way he disposes of the body, he just slams her down on the ground. Yeah. He, like once he's done with people, he just throws their bodies to the side. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think a, a Kane Hodder brought something new um and different to the character that um hadn't been like jason was brutal before um but you know this this new undead jason um is just you know out for pure vengeance and 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 he will do it in every brutal way that he can. And like you say, yeah, because a lot of it has to be done off screen and everything. He's, he's, he's doing things with his physicality um, that, you know, just, just show that he is a monster uh, unleashed um, and and unleashed by, you know, life because he no longer can be fully killed at this point. Uh, So. And I remember, I remember reading that, um, yeah, Kane Hodder really does talk to the directors and the cameramen and stuff when doing this. Like he'll he'll say when something Jason wouldn't do something like if he stumbles over or something. Like don't show Jason doing these things because you see that in the first ones when Jason is alive, Jason is almost like Ghostface. He stumbles around a lot, yeah. doesn't he? And yeah. he, he falls over and he's quite ungraceful. And you don't get that with modern Jason now. Like once Jason became undead, then he was. He was unshakable. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that was that is something interesting that I noticed this this time through is just the 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 Jason from one through four or from two through four is you know he's very human. He's very you know he he's he can be hurt. He gets hurt quite a bit. He keeps going. He's kind of running on that pure adrenaline at that point, and he keeps going. He gets hurt bad, but he keeps going until he is finally stopped. Uh, but in between that he does get hurt quite a bit and it it does slow him down whereas this time like it doesn't matter what you throw at him he keeps getting up and he keeps coming at after them and you know he gets a porch dropped on him <laughs> and you know it's it's he, he gets knocked down some stairs and through the stairs and he keeps coming nothing stops him um, yeah he takes a couch and then a severed yeah. head in a potted plant. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, there's a, there's some fun stuff, uh, especially in number seven. That is just like, you know, it's just it, it this this one definitely does not get a lot of do, but it is definitely a more fun. I think that, you know, like you said, it's that last third act that really is once Jason and uh, I think Tina um, square off and, um, you know, she starts using her psychic abilities more uh that it becomes a fun um throwdown uh and something that you know up until this point we hadn't really seen in a in a movie like this in a slasher like this so it's a it was a fun mix to uh to to bring that into the uh friday the 13th universe yeah that's an interesting point that you, you only see it a couple times in the future now for Jason with like Freddy versus Jason and a little bit of Jason X, they should have really like zoned in on this. Like we've got a character that can't die. So let's, let's really pile on the damage. And yeah. in the next few films, they sort of just go back to what they did before where, you know, Jason just stalks around chasing people. Like he, he you know, Hit him with a truck, you know, hit him with a yeah. train, you know, give him the damage, like let, keep having, let him keep getting up, you know, and taking damage and then, you know, still going like that. That's the a good appeal of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, you know, that that's what that's kind of what is fun about these latter movies is that you, you do have this unstoppable unshakable killing machine that yeah i agree they should have been doing more of that um and that i think they they could have had a lot of fun with that now to be fair i guess number eight didn't do that well uh in 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 that regard but i think i think part of that is um uh part of the ending of eight which uh, feels weirdly off to me uh, mm-hmm. but the rest of the movie is really fun um and uh, has a lot of uh, good moments, even though it does take an hour for them to get to New York, um, <laughs> which was not what the screenwriter wanted. He d- he did want them to get there sooner, and he wanted a lot more uh, action going on at different uh, uh, New York landmarks, uh, but they didn't have the budget uh, for it because Paramount was just not giving it uh, giving it up. They they had no confidence uh, in these movies anymore, and this was uh, obvious very obvious throughout this yeah, movie. I I can't wait for Scream Sex. I hope that is just the yeah. same thing. It's Ghostface on a on a on a boat for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah ho- hopefully hopefully Scream Six will will redeem uh the uh Jason Takes Manhattan a, a little bit. Give us a slasher in in the in the city amongst the landmarks and stuff and, and it it'll hopefully be a lot more fun. Um, in that regard um but yeah it's uh J- jason takes manhattan uh is it's interesting we get him on a uh on a boat headed from uh crystal lake into uh new york um which is weird because like people have pointed out how does this lake have <laughs> a uh, have a throughway to the atlantic ocean um <laughs> um but uh, you know, put, push that aside, uh, and then uh, you know, we we get the fun of him uh, stalking uh, m- most of the class on on the boat and, and just slaughtering them all. Yeah, it's yeah, it I 
I don't enjoy I, I don't enjoy this film as <laughs> uh, much as I did Seven. Uh, I think yeah. I kind of I, I champion Seven, whereas it's kind of odd because a lot of people have complaints about Part Eight, and Friday the Thirteenth is one of those franchises where you watch it with friends. You know, you watch it in a group, and you you know you can kind of talk over the boring parts, and you can laugh at the right. fun parts and stuff. So. I think that's I've watched this movie several times and I think that every time it's been like that except for here where I watched it on yeah. my own. I think watching it on my own. I mean for, of all the sequels this one did not need to be 1 hour 40. <laughs> and <laughs> it shows at times it's just nothing is happening at times. I enjoy yeah. when stuff is happening. Jason on a boat, you know, there's fun kills, there's fun characters, but oh there's long stretches where it, it, this could have been shortened. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the exposition with the um the the lead girl uh in this, um, Rennie, uh, she, you know, she's got a lot of backstory. Um, she has some kind of uh like she's afraid to uh uh get in the water, so she's afraid to swim. And you know, it goes back to uh it ends up going back to her uncle throwing her into Crystal Lake and you know, telling her, you know. You know, you want to make sure you can swim because you don't want to get taken by Jason, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so, again, we get this weird backstory uh, of this character who had some kind of possible run in with Jason. Although, you know, it's it's unclear. I, I'm assuming it was more panic and she thought she saw Jason in the water. Um, yeah. But it's it's just. They keep trying to tie all this all this stuff to these girls in the in these two movies specifically they try to tie this this weird history of jason into um into their own into their own stories rather than just you know being like okay well it's just jason like being jason um and i think that's what bogs this movie down it's just that that weird exposition this weird like this girl's just troubled and she's just like and it, it after having just dealt with the last one it feels very samey we just had that with this yeah. last one and we don't have the extra like interesting bit of her being psychic like we did in the last one no so. she is basically tina that she has psychic visions yeah. but then then they're not real <laughs> like she doesn't yeah. have powers she's just imagining little boy jason like swimming up to the window like <laughs> right. a bunch of times or coming out of the mirror yeah, it's 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 yeah, it, it felt really weird to have this kind of back to back, you know, and, and for this one to be just like, well, and and there's the thing, too, is that I, be, I believe I read um, that they did actually want to bring Tina back for this one. Mm. Um, but uh, Lar Park Lincoln wanted more money, um, you know, rightfully so. And, you know, she wanted she wanted to raise she was coming back for the sequel and they didn't want to pair. And so they had to kind of tweak what they did. And so I think that's probably why we ended up getting a very samey um, uh, character in this that, you know, we, and, but, but then they had to take out all the psychic stuff because she wasn't the same girl. And so like, I get why they did that, but at the same time you can recast if you wanted to use the same (laughs) character, just recast her and just, you know, whatever they did it with Patricia Arquette in yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street series, so uh, 
I mean, they did it with Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three different Tommy Jarvises, you know, so within the same franchise. Yeah, you're right. You know, I didn't even consider that, Uh, which was really great because the one in number five was boring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I do like as much as it as much as it does suck that it's like one location and um, it, it they they played it out for far too long. I do like the idea of Jason stalking and killing people on this boat, uh, making it more of a um, kind of like a you know uh, a a murder mystery type thing on on a ship. You know, because nobody seems to find any of the bodies like um, right away. Like he's able to kill a bunch of these people and just nobody knows so it's kind of funny in that way yeah that is always the formula of jason he 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 just wanders around killing whoever he bumps into and right it, it was odd in part seven how you you got these passages of time like oh it was the next day and then oh it's the next night where, yeah. where, what's jason doing in the time he's just walking around doing nothing yeah <laughs> at least with this one it's like one night you know, he kills a bunch yeah. of people in one night, so it, it, that sort of makes sense, and there's a there's a good sense of pacing for that. But yeah, I just Jason is fun, and there's fun side characters like the Rocket Chick or Kelly Hugh. But then, like those, Julius gets quite a bit of screen time, and he's fun. But like the main cast, you know, you've got the main girl Renee. I've got nothing against these yes. actors, but like the main girl Renee, like you get all these flashbacks of like. Jason and stuff, which the screenwriter said was he was trying to explore Jason's past, but we don't really get anything new other yeah. than the fact that he was a kid who drowned. Yeah. And, and then you've got the love interest, the boy. I mean, the, the love interest in the part seven, there wasn't much to him. But I mean, in no. this one, he's just so boring. He's just the captain's son. And he I don't know how much he even knows about the, uh, like driving a boat because yeah. he never stands up for himself. Like there's no. like one moment where he's sort of like he's like, listen, sir, I'm the captain and I'm gonna take charge. Jason's real and he's never seen Jason yet. And he's like, I believe this girl. Jason is real. Like, yeah, why is he here? And then like <laughs> the main guy, the uncle, Uncle Charles. I get why Ugh. he's here. You know, he's like Dr. Cruz. He is the asshole of the, yeah. the, the cast. But he's such an asshole the entire yeah. film. Oh yeah, constantly like it's it, like when they're stuck on the lifeboat and he's just like being a huge dick. Oh, I thought you knew what you're like. Shut up! You don't know anything either. You know, <laughs> you're being completely unhelpful to the situation. Like, shut the, up. Yeah, the absolutely most infuriating part of his character is near the end when you've got all these moments where he's just shouting and bickering at people for like no reason, like people just talking to Renee, and he comes in. And he's like, "Don't talk to her." Like, yeah. go away. And then later in the film, two men at gunpoint kidnap her, presumably for terrible reasons. And then he just stands there and he's like, no, we shouldn't go after him. They've got guns. Let's go call <laughs> yeah. the police. Like, uh, uh, why are you making the worst decisions every time? Yeah, no, he's just a terrible person. And yeah, Rennie and the, the the boyfriend, her love interest or whatever, are just boring. That, that's, the, that's the greatest thing is that like they get rid of some of the more interesting characters early um you know like you said the rocker chick kelly hughes character 
um they they get rid of them way too early and they're the even more the, interesting characters yeah even the blonde bully who is basically the same as melissa from part seven but it's like yes, the same character yes. even her as soon as they do that really f- weird and fun blackmail scene they just kill her off and yeah. like melissa like melissa was fun in part seven she lasted most of the film and then she got a really fun kill of the actor of the face and then just get, get yes. guarded yeah. over the tv <laughs> this bully chick doesn't really get a great death either at all she just gets disposed yeah. of and then that's it and she's such a caricature of like <laughs> she's got like no like motivation other just other than just being like the bitch yeah um, i don't and- understand her reasoning at all like no. she gets caught doing coke yeah. Renee makes no inclinations that she's gonna knock on them and this yeah. girl is like she might tell someone so let's push her off the boat <laughs> yeah yeah we're just gonna like actually commit murder uh you know <laughs> like that's a it went from zero to 60 on her for like no reason at all it's like one thing like if you're gonna bully somebody but it's another thing if you're gonna actually toss them off the boat to kill them uh, i don't <laughs> even know what the blackmail is for she yeah, makes yeah. like not well. It's not even a hot. It's like nothing happens. She just kisses the teacher, Uncle Charles, for a bit, and then that's right. caught on camera. But I'm not yeah. sure what that's for. Grades? Yeah. Is the, yeah, the, maybe the like she must be do- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, the, there's so it, the 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 writing on this is so in, interestingly weird. Um, that they they there's the characters are so paper thin. For the movie that's probably, I think, the longest out of these original eight, uh, there's not a lot going on. There's, you know, there's the them in the lifeboat scene goes on way too long. Mm. Uh, There's no reason for it to be going on as long as it did that, you know, to show, I guess, passage of time. But like, it seems like it's only a couple of hours at best uh, that they're rowing, Uh, but they make it seem like it's like, days (laughs) and meanwhile jason's been like swimming along with them the whole time um well i mean it's one thing for jason to swim around for that long but julius gets thrown off the boat and he's swimming around for like 20 minutes before he gets saved yeah (laughs) what's he been doing out there in the water this whole time yeah oh my god the 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 narrative inconsistencies with this movie is just baffling yeah it feels like, and this is kind of what really disappoints me about this film is that that, and it's weird because it's a good contrast of part seven because so much of part yes. seven is formulaic, really. You know, it's the paper thin characters, partiers, teenagers. You know, you got to have sex before you die. A lot of it is right. tropey, but yes. like it's fun, and a lot of the inconsistencies in this movie are like. It just feels like, oh, it's a movie. Like, don't think too hard about it. Yeah. Because it's like, this is a tiny nitpick. But like, did you notice how weird it was when the the two people at the start, the one of the the boy comes out and he comes out with the Jason mask. But it's not just a hockey mask. It is Jason's mask because it has all the damage. Yeah, yeah, it has all the damage that the previous ones have. So. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It is so this yeah, because it's not like these it's not like Jason had become this 
cultural phenomenon character like Ghostface does in the Scream movies. Um, it's it's such a weird thing. Like Jason had not become that. So why would that mask exist in that form? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It only happens because they wanted the same mask, just in the same way yeah. when they try to call for help. Jason just knows how a ship's uh, navigate, like a communications works. Yeah, he pulls just the he, right wires. He pull, yeah. yeah. How does he even? I wouldn't know what that was. How does Jason know what that is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, maybe Jason was going around and pulling all the wires. We don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was just making sure. Yeah, he's just, you know, we only saw him do those, and that just happened to be right at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. This movie's just really funky and weird. Um, and this movie really kind of ends the series. If they had ended with this movie, it would have been a not satisfying ending, but it would have been an understandable ending. Um, and I think they really did. I think Paramount was just like, "We're done. We're not doing this anymore. Uh, we are ending it with a Jason that somehow, somehow, when exposed to toxic water." Toxic waste water below New that, York City. Yeah, below New York City, which is you know not something that really was happening uh, in the sewers of New York. You know, they saw a chud and they thought that was a documentary. <laughs> yeah. But instead of turning him even cr- into an even worse monster, it washes all the undead monster away from him and turns him back into a little boy, uh, he- into a cleaned up little boy. Yeah, and that's so, again, it's the directing where I would assume, and I, I want to assume this is just the woman seeing that. That's like another yeah. vision. But then the guy is also there, and he's looking down. So what's he seeing? Yeah, that's what's the most bizarre thing. And then not only that, but the boy looks like he's alive, and they just leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's even weirder? that this scene was even weirder and you can still find footage of it there was a shot that they tried to do but it just looked really weird where they built his little pumpkin head massive and they had the boy crawl out of his mouth what <laughs> i don't know it's a metaphor <laughs> this this yeah this 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 movie is such a weird thing it's it's trying to be like this continuation of the Tina thing without the psychic abilities. It's, it's trying to end the series in a way. Cause Paramount was just done. Um, and you know, cause each, each iteration before this, um, you know, of course they ended it with like him, you know, being chained to the bottom of the thing or him being knocked into the water under and being buried underneath debris under the water. Um, you know, at least for the, last couple of them you know they stopped him he wasn't necessarily dead but they stopped him uh, enough it, enough to you know knock him up, uh i guess you know out of animation um but you know this one just seemed to just kind of go okay well we're just going to get rid of him fully and you know wa- wash him completely away um and it's just so weird and we get unmasked jason again but this time he looks like crap, like not in an interesting, like good way. Like he did in number seven. Uh, yeah. Number yeah. seven. Um, that Like, it's like, where is that? Ma- Can we get that old mask again? Can you guys just look at the footage from that movie 
and recreate that? Why did you have to make it look really, really dumb? Yeah, it's the, always the most infuriating part of the Halloween sequels <laughs> when you watch those yeah. films and you're like, yeah. why the hell can't you just make the first mask again? <laughs> yeah, why do why all these the mask masks look so weird? <laughs> and that's the same thing here. Yeah, like part seven is the best Jason's ever looked. This might be the worst he's ever looked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. The decision making that they made with this movie is is really really weird. And you know, there's don't get me wrong. There's some good moments. The Julius thing, you know, fight on the on the great top kill. of the building. Great kill. It is great. It's that's a great kill. Um, but there's so much more that's just terrible uh, about this movie. Um, it's definitely still worth a watch. Uh, yeah. You know, the this whole series is is well worth watching just for the goofy fun of it all. Um but yeah, it's this this is such a weird ending to this this Paramount era uh that it just like you kind of feel like you know you you should have just stopped with number seven and uh just called it a day at that point. That would have been a good ending for the whole series at that point. It would have been, it would have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like we're wrapping up on this. Can I just say, like, yeah. just bring up one? Absolutely. Uh, this was always something that I, you know, most people find funny, but for some reason, watching it on my own, I found this really infuriating. Jason teleports in this movie, doesn't he? <laughs> like, it does it's feel not like editing, that, yeah. It's not directing. I think Jason literally teleports in this movie because. There's always the the trope, you know, the 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 the, 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 the victim runs away at full sprint, and Jason is only you know allegedly strolling, and yet he catches up, and it's it's done to, and it's not quite like part six, which part six is almost borderline you know comedy horror, like where yeah. it's a real wink and a nod to the horror tropes. This one is such an infuriating wink, where it's like oh Jason could just do anything now because. Like in the Kelly Hugh death, she looks one way and Jason is on like the right side of the room. Right. She turns her head and Jason is on the other side of the room. There is n- there's no yeah. other way to interpret that other than he teleports because he can't move faster than her head turns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did I did catch that this time too. I was like, wait a minute, how many Jasons are there in this place? Um <laughs> I think that that infuriated me more than because it could have just been a funny you know wink and a nod or whatever that infuriated me because then the entire chase of the finale he never does that yeah he never catches up to him although he does like he does catch up you know here and there in bits he has like an unerring sense of tracking them like he continues to keep up with them uh in a way that there's absolutely no way that you could catch up with somebody when they're you know weaving in and out of alleys and shops and and everything else. It's like how 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 does he know exactly where they are this whole time? That is also the other confusing thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, like that could have that could be a good finale where it's like, you know, the idea is just oh we've got to escape Jason off this boat, and then they're like oh no, like we could run away, but we've unleashed Jason in New York and he's going around killing everyone. Like, we've got to stop him. But right. instead, for some reason, Jason, yeah, just tracks onto them. And he, 
aside from those two rapists, like he's just walking past so many people. Just oh not yeah, killing he them. doesn't kill anybody hardly at all in New York. And actually, like the the punks get uh, up in his face, and instead of killing them, he just pulls up his masks his mask to scare them with his face. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like that doesn't seem very Jason to me. Like Jason would just, you know, go on to slaughter whoever was in his way. So it's a very odd, uh, odd choice. It's, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it's a funny moment, but it's just weird in terms of how we've always seen Jason as this guy who just kills everybody who gets in his way. Yeah. I mean, him killing him, mastery, him, you know, massacring everyone in the middle of the street in New York City. Yeah, that would have been diff- impossible to film. But sure. you've got moments like that diner when he goes through the diner, but all he does is throw that one guy. Have him, yeah. you know, have everyone like charge him and him just like, just, you know, Julius just punch off like seven heads at once, you know, just have him <laughs> kill everyone. So apparently that guy too, the guy in the diner who he throws off to the side there um, and doesn't kill, he just throws him to the side is uh, King Kurtzinger, who later on becomes Jason in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he's huge. Yeah. So, And that's apparently the reason why they ended up going with him instead of Kane Hodder, who was supposed to be Jason in Freddy versus Jason. They ended up going with Ken because he was a much bigger guy and they wanted to have that that size difference between Jason and Freddy. So and Kane just wasn't as big. So... Well, yeah, comparatively, a lot more choices in this film. Yeah, so you know, but I mean, again, I think these are fun movies. You, yeah, you can. They they have fun moments. I think seven is definitely the the better of the two, and I think eight has some fun moments here and there. Um, it's it's a slog, um, just because there are way too many slow moments, way too many exposition moments that don't make any sense um they're trying to do some weird weird stuff there and i think it's just to pad the runtime to get them to new york yeah they i i said it before but like a lot of these i've watched this franchise many times and a lot of the films i can you know just throw on and have a really good time you know i could do that with part seven but part eight is one of the few entries where I'd recommend watching it with someone else. Like, have a laugh. <laughs> right. It, right. It's it, like you said, it's a slog when you're watching it on your own. Absolutely. All right. Do you have anything else you want to mention about either one of these that we have not uh, talked about? Um. Hmm. Uh, no. No. No big ones. I mean, uh, we didn't mention it, but the the amazing. Um, fire stunt in part seven when Kane oh, yes. was yeah. on fire for 40 seconds. It's cut up in the film so you, it's not as impressive but that's one long take right. where he is on fire for almost a minute and that was like that was a record for years. Yeah. No one had ever done anything like that and he had already been severely burnt like third degree yeah. burns in the past so he was amazing for doing that again. Yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great sequence. And I, like, you know, again, seven has some great moments. It's got uh, these great sequences, especially at that end part that that last third act there that are just some of the most amazing of the the franchise um, that are just fun and and 
and just exciting. Definitely well worth uh, the uh, the uh, the price of admission at that point. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, well, uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you uh, and your work? Cool. Um, yeah, you said up top the two main podcasts I'm still on. Uh, if you want to catch whatever I'm doing, just odds and ends, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Absolute Travesty. Uh, my two main podcasts, um, I do Chucky Vision. So we covered all the movies. We've covered, uh, we've been covering the sci-fi TV show. So season one and two, we're fingers crossed waiting for that season three renewal. But <laughs> I don't know if it's happening. But if it doesn't happen, then... Don Mancini's always said he's going to do another movie, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll have something in the future to cover on Chucky Vision. We are covering odds and ends, so we're covering like little doll movies. We're watching Megan, so we're yes. going to see Megan in cinemas, and that looks good fun. So we cover. It, it was great. I enjoyed it. Oh, nice. I, 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 yeah, I've been hearing nothing but great things. <laughs> and then... <laughs> My other podcast, which is it's been on hiatus for a long time, so I don't know when it's coming <laughs> back. But um, I did Forever Friday, which was the Friday the Thirteenth movies, like the minute a movie, you know, the movie a minute podcasts. But we didn't want to do one minute per episode, so we did thirteen <laughs> minutes per episode. So it took us about <laughs> seven hours to cover the first Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> and it, we only got like it was mainly just because my co-host. I had you know scheduling issues and he lived he leads a busy life and I didn't want to do right. it with anyone else and we got mostly through part two but yeah I don't know give him a listen if you really like Friday the Thirteenth we go into needless detail about those first two films oh yeah that, that sounds interesting I'll, I'll definitely have to uh, check that out myself uh, but yeah all right well I appreciate you coming on uh, thank you very much. It's been fantastic. It's been a great time. Thanks again to Dev for joining me. Next episode, Hugh McStay joins me to talk about the wild worlds of Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, and Jason X. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm Geek Thulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more from our Tea Public page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy. <laughs>